Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's the Hamp and OB Show. Hey, hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, hold up. We got a team backing in here. Hey, hey, hang on there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Almost there, almost there it is. And the Rams have won that game, 18-7. to Rams in the playoffs, so are the Bears. This is my first time where you lose a game, but yet you find out that you're in. Trubisky on the rollout, going to heave it deep downfield for Mooney, who makes the catch. Oh, what a grab by Darnell Mooney. No one's going to take away what these players did to work back these last three weeks. Give it to Montgomery, who looks like he gets there, waiting for a signal touchdown. Chicago to put ourselves in a position to make the playoffs and they did that and there's no one that's going to take that from those players they're backing in back here we go backing in and we're in that's right you gotta believe they've got a chance so you're telling me there's a chance okay fine they're the biggest underdog in the playoffs but hey in the playoffs. Yeah! Building a bridge to a victory over the Saints. Flawless victory. Hamp and OB with Kaz. Brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck. The Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives. Chevy. Here's Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. Welcome to it, baby. The playoffs are here. Hamp and OB brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Dan Hampton struck the Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hamp drives drive a Chevy. We knew he would be here tonight, but we did not know that we would be talking about the Bears in the playoffs. Now, if they had beaten Green Bay and we were lining up to play the Saints and it worked out that way, somehow, some way, that would have been with the Rams losing and all that type of stuff, we'd all be feeling great. But they didn't beat Green Bay. They looked terrible. Now everybody thinks they're going to get killed. 312-981-7200 if you want to join the show at any point tonight. Uh, Hampo, let me start with you. I guess reaction from Sunday and your feelings about being in the playoffs and teeing it up with the New Orleans Saints, baby. Hey, but, you know, and I and OB and I were talking over the delicious meatloaf wow. sent by our dear friends down at Bartolini's. I, I was telling uh, OB, I said, you know, here's the thing. You know, it's the old proverbial glass half full. Okay. The Bears are bum slayers. They, they were they won one game against a winning team, and On a that night. being said, they're eight and eight. Yet here we are in an upbeat, optimistic mood because we talked about this all year. Ob, you never know. You never know when you get in. They got to make you leave, and if this team has the ability to make their mind up. They can match up with the New Orleans Saints. You, I heard you say it's the biggest uh, underdog of the playoffs. There's going to be six games played this weekend. We are a 10-point underdog. We've got to go play the Saints. We already saw them back in October. I personally am, am ecstatic about the fact that we backed in. And yeah, even though we're bum slayers, let's go down and slay some bums at the Superdome. You know and I know that... The key to the New Orleans offense, we know Alvin Kamara is a a special player, but it all falls on the quarterback. And Drew Brees has not been the Drew Brees we all remember. All that being said, yeah, we had some issues with the offense this past Sunday against Green Bay. Yeah, the defense. And that, that almost 
expected. But the defense has got to find a way to look in the mirror and realize it's all over if they do not bring their A game. And we haven't seen it since way back in the season against Tampa Bay. Now, the, since the break, they've stumbled, fumbled, and, you know, bounced around and had a horrible time making key opportunistic stops. Now, this past weekend, in the fourth quarter, we're down five, and we don't get a fourth and one conversion, and yet that is where the defense has to be able to stand up, on their, rear up on their hind legs, make a play, make a stop. They couldn't do it. Somehow, some way, if I'm Chuck Pagano, I take what I've done as far as game plans the last two months, rip them in half, and say, we are going to be big boys, and we're going to match up, we're going to man up, and we're not going to give up you know, cheap, meaningless little seven, eight-yard outs. We're going to get in people's face. Kyle Fuller, the rest of the corner, whoever, Jalen Johnson, if he's back, all that being said... This is something I think is doable, but it will not happen without a terrific game from our defense. Well, Dan, somebody's got to lead this defense. Somebody's got to lead this offense. Okay? We're an 8-8 eight and eight football team. We've beaten one team with a winning record. One this year. And last year, like you mentioned, we beat... Two teams with a winning record with eight victories. What has to happen? I mean, it's fine and good. We go from week to week. It's this. The defensive line's got to show up. The linebackers, we got to do this. We got to do that. I'm going to tell you what has to happen. You coaches. You coaches on the offense side. Offensive side of the ball. Starting with your head coach. Offensive coordinator, line coach, tight end coach, why all of you people, you better put a game plan together. Okay? And what that game plan better show and what it, they better do is you better attack, attack New Orleans. If you go down there, just like letting Green Bay in here, if you don't go after Rodgers, he's going to kill you. He'll eat you up. You've got a game plan. It's got to come from our coaches. The players, I, I believe you guys are there. I, you know, some of you have been a little missing, but basically, I believe in you guys. I think you can do it. What I don't believe in is this coaching staff. That's what I don't believe in. And if they go down there and he starts out with this horizontal game instead of going vertical, and if, if he doesn't sprint out, roll out, and if they don't throw that football down the field, stretch the defense so the intermediate passing game can take shape and run the football, we are not going to win this game. Not even going to come close to it. Why? New Orleans has a pretty good defense, folks. A pretty good defense. Now, Drew Brees, how do you beat him, folks? How do you beat him? They've got a great running back. They've got an offensive line that can block. They can get the kid through the line. So guess what? They're play action and everything, and they go downfield. How do we beat them? You better go after them, folks. 
That is the only way. Like last week, how the hell are you going to beat the Green Bay Packers? You let him sit back there, he'll eat you alive. I'm talking about Rodgers. You let Drew Brees sit back there, he'll eat us alive. Okay? And it's then it's going to really be tough because, again, not to talk in circles here, New Orleans has a pretty damn good defense. Okay? And, like, they don't know that we're bootleg sprinting out now, and they don't know that Trubisky's going to basically see half a field. They know that stuff, folks. That's why they've had winning seasons, and they've been in the playoffs, and they won a Super Bowl. So my point is this. i say it again. It's on Nagy's head. It's on these coaches' heads. You better have that offensive team ready to go. It's enough with excuses. It's enough with injuries. Defensively, the next time I see that Khalil Mack, when it's third and eight, and he's standing on the sidelines making $141 million, you got to be kidding me. You better go after him. Go after Drew Brees. Oh, hey, listen, folks, there's no tomorrow. There's not even a Sunday night. Bears, can you win this game? Yes, you can. But you're not going to win it the way you've been playing. A whole philosophy has to change here. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to go after people. Why? Because that's what makes things happen. You sit back, they'll eat you alive. You go forward, take the momentum away from them. All right, OB, we're ready to go, baby. Listen, there's no other way they can go down there and win this game. It's going to take an incredible effort on both sides of the ball, which you guys just teed up, and an incredible effort by the coaches. I feel you. We got. I, hey, you have nothing to lose. The thing that bothered me the most on... Nothing to lose is correct. But do you have the faith in these coaches to put an aggressive no. game plan? No. Offensively, have we been aggressive all year? Were we aggressive last year? Do we go downfield? The answer is no, 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 and no. And no. And, and, am I, am and, I, am no, I making no. this up? And here's, here, here's the proof of the pudding. Six different times we went for it on fourth down. What does that tell you? They are not aggressive enough the other three downs. It's all these one, two-yard hitches and bootlegs throwing it to a crosser around somewhere around the, the line of scrimmage. And even the announcers last week, Mark, by the fourth quarter, they were chuckling at the inability or the, the lack of will of the Bears, i.e. play calling and Trubisky, to throw the ball down the field. We did one time. What happened? 54-yard catch by Darnell Mooney. One time. It's not enough. It's got to change. 312-981-7200. We'll get to your calls coming back here. And I, I want to get – I want to play Matt Nagy's uh, analysis – reason as to how they gave up the 72-yard touchdown bomb to Valdez-Scantling and, and what that play was about. And get your defensive expertise on, on what, one way. Is it anything past bad coaching? Uh, well, it's, it, I, thought it was, I thought it stood out at his Monday press conference. It, it was com- total confusion that left he didn't think there was any inside linebacker on the number three receiver, which happens to be the number one receiver in football. That's called bad coaching. Uh, yeah, he, but he doesn't think there's any confusion i'd love to get the uh we're gonna play coming on back here hampton ob brought to you by we're not ready to go on a break yet by chevy Chevy drive chicago.com we're with you till 10 o'clock we have some fun tonight baby and we're gonna get you ready uh, to beat the saints on sunday damn it 340 kickoff it's 720 wgn
Jeff Vukovic is back. Luke. He's the straight shooter. He knows insurance, and he is on your side. He'd love to help you nationwide is on your side. Check out JeffVuk.com. VukVuk nationwide is on your side. Bears coming with the blitz. Rodgers sees it, floats it down the middle. It is caught. Valdez Scantling going to go all the way. Touchdown, Green Bay. 72 yards. So that made it 14-10. It was the second quarter. They were going to tack on one more. Of course, the Bears went on to lose 35-16. Hampton OB brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Hampo's truck, the Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hamp drives, drive a Chevy. When you saw that play, was your fir- what was your first reaction? Well, what happened before the ball was snapped? Once again, and folks, this is something that's very important. We're going to break down tonight. And you you haven't thought about it all year, OB, but here's one thing. Think about what Rodgers does on a game-to-game basis. I beg your pardon. <laughs> what, it was something that we have not really touched on, but it's going to be critical, and specifically whether or not we can step up into the big leagues and do it as well. Rodgers had a play. And they come out with a uh, trips formation to the to the right, and in the slot was Adams. The bottom line is, when you are the the third inside guy, and normally you've got a safety in a corner on the outside too, and then somehow, some way, you have to figure if that's a you know a a mighty receiver on the inside uh, the third position, somehow, some way, you got to give somebody help. And for whatever reason, Eddie Jackson has been a myth this year. We haven't seen him, but they basically ran a streak to uh, uh, Valdez Scanlon. And I, I'm just telling you, at the moment the ball was snapped, we all held our breath knowing that he had no chance to run with the wide receiver. Now, all I'm trying to tell you folks is – this is a schematic mismatch. Their coaches versus our coaches, and that is an instant win-win for the Packers. We see it week after week during the course of the season, but when we play the Packers, it happens so much of the time. How many times did we see receivers with linebacker coverage? And that is a schematic advantage the Packers always get on our defense and our defensive coordinator, Chuck Pagano. And how often do you see it around the NFL? I mean, it's not very often. Well, you can scheme to stop it, and there are ways. There's only so many receivers, and you've got four DBs or five or six, depending. You never let that happen. Unfortunately, we, in an arrogant way, think, oh, well, we're going to just let our linebackers cover it. A man-to-man. It's not a man-to-man. It's a receiver versus a linebacker. It's a mismatch. So this was Nagy's response when questioned about it as Monday press conference. I thought it was interesting. You, uh, is he lying here? I'd like to know. Do, what, 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 what do you digest? Play, let's hear it. Let's go. Yeah, there wasn't any confusion. I know 94 was running around. There, there, that was, there was, that was confusion. That was by their formation and what they did, but that, that didn't affect the play at all. Um, they ended up, we, we had a, a blitz there and we just got home a little bit late on the blitz to, to hit an air. And, and then we had, you know, Danny, um, was isolated one on one right there on Scanling. So, um, you know, there, there's, it was a, you know, again, Aaron Rodgers has seen a lot of defenses, you know, and so you try to heat them up. You're gonna. There's gonna be times where you're gonna have some one-on-ones, and we talk about some defenders have a hard hat, right? They got to wear the hard hat, and they they uh, that was one there where you know we look back and and 
you, you love to not give up, but um, you know that that was uh, unfortunate. But Aaron made a good throw. He made a you know ran away from from him and made a good play. The only thing that's unfortunate about this nag is you don't know what the hell you're talking about. That's the unfortunate. That's the unfortunate thing. Who is he trying to cover for? Pagano. For Pagano. Yeah, okay. Now, let's go back to Aaron Rodgers. seen a lot of defenses. Yeah, he's been around, what, 15 years? Yeah, he's seen a whole bunch. And he's seen good ones, and he's seen others that he can take advantage of. Now, the one thing that I, I think is imperative, Aaron Rodgers understands that essentially it's it's a chess match in the passing game and even in the running game to a certain degree. They got eight in the box. They'll throw it. If there's seven, they'll try to run against you. They get a, a numerical advantage, so forth, so on. But when you see that the defense doesn't have the capability to be able to check out and go to a uh, coverage where you got like versus like, where uh, you know a, a, a corner or a safety or somebody that can run, to be able to run with one of the best receivers on your football team, then it's it's it, you know Aaron Rodgers is he's got slobber coming out of his mouth. Here's the one thing: think about this with the COVID and the empty stadiums. How many times have you seen the Chicago Bears, especially in the red zone situations, be able to audible to check out to read a defense, understand what you are presented with, and be able to make a decision? To audible to you check out. You have a quarterback that can't do that's that. That's the whole point. He can't do it. Period. That, that's it. So we're playing with one arm tied behind our back before we even take the field, because we we don't have that capability. And why is that? Because you had a general manager that gave up almost an entire draft and and every other thing to move ahead of two players that won through the for most yardage in the National Football League and Deshaun Watson and the other one probably rated right now the top quarterback in the league. He bypasses them and takes a guy that played one year and lost his last two games in college. I think you're going with the... But the, that's four years past. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. We're going to New Orleans. You know and I know. It normally is a madhouse of noise, and it would be impossible to audible. This year, right now, why, why can't they? Why, why, why are they not Danny, are figuring gonna- a way to create opportunities where your quarterback, your quarterback Mark Carmen, that My you guy. love, to give him some kind of a you know a cheat sheet where he can hopefully figure out certain you know things that he recognizes and how he can read a defense and then maybe check out a bad plays. Well, I, now, obviously, uh, Danny, obviously after what, four years, five years, this kid being here, if there's anything that this coaching staff knows, is he incapable of doing it, Dan? I got it. And so he's, we went he's retro. He's incapable of we've, doing it. And we went retro because you and I realized he can't read. No. So now they do a lot of the rollout, the bootlegs, the nakeds. That creates a one-read possibility for half the field. Bingo. Whereas Aaron Rodgers not only sees the field, he understands the matchups that will happen when the ball is snapped. You know, it's amazing, Dan. It's in, in, it's just it, it's like you're, it's a, it's un, it's an unfair fight. It's a knife versus a gun. Yeah, with when you see Aaron Rodgers come out, then just this not this last game with him, but I'll tell you what the game before. You remember I mentioned Mark on the radio. I saw him about two or three times. He had a smirk. He looked strong. He looked weak. He'd come back, and he had a smile on his face, and bang, 
30, 40 yards down the road. Yep. He did the same damn thing. He'd kill plays, audible to other plays. Absolutely. He's, he knows what the hell we're doing. He's got, I mean, that that's, but he's a great quarterback. Make no mistake with everything. But that's coaching, folks. Okay? And why are we at 8-8? Eight and eight? Why did we only beat one team with a winning? It's not the players, folks. It's not the players. It's the coaches putting the game plan together from week to week, offensively and defensively. And what has it gotten us? Okay, this has been going on for a few years. And it's the same story. It's the same game. It's the same results. Thank God we backed into a playoff game. But I'll tell you what, when it comes, when it comes to game planning, this, I mean, it's right in front of you, folks. My God, you don't have to be a, a, a football genius to figure this one out. Our coaching staff has difficulty putting in a winning game plan. And, like, why is that, Dan? Okay. Let why, me... I mean, can't they dissect an opponent's defense? Can't they dissect it? Can't they put a game plan? And when you get in the red zone, what is it that we can't throw the ball and try to score a touchdown in the end zone? We go down there, what, four times? And not one time do we try to throw the ball into the end zone? My God. Okay, just to illustrate this before we go to – we're going to get to you, callers. Just hang tight. Hang tight. It's a big night. In the seven games we played against winning teams, we won one. We're one and six. In those games, OB, we averaged 17.4 points. You ain't going to win the The opponent game. averaged 26.8. Right. That is a difference of 9.4. That was the opening line, by the way. Nine and a half. So my point is, when we match up versus legit defenses and opposition – we are almost at a 10-point disadvantage. And, and New Orleans has a legitimate defense, folks. 7.30, yes, they do. We can dive into the Saints defense coming on back here. And we'll get to you, Mark, and Jim, and Jim, and you. 312-981-7200. 7.30, checking news on 7.20 WGN. It's a, it's a weird feeling. Um, obviously disappointed from the game, but uh, finding out the news that we got in, um, I think we just got rewarded for the work we put in the last couple weeks. And even though tonight didn't go with the way we wanted um, we're in the playoffs, and that's really all that matters. Everyone's zero and zero, and we got a good opportunity this week, um, and we're grateful for that opportunity. So we got to put this one aside. We got to look at it and learn from it, and then put it aside and and, and come ready to roll next week because we got a great opportunity. Mitchell Trubisky. Oh my God! No, see, please, please. In what way? Uh, just go ahead, Mark. Uh, well, I was just going to say this. He had, and Hamp, correct me if I'm wrong here, I thought a noticeable swagger coming back from benching and being hurt. And he played commendable football week after week after week. Four straight weeks scoring 30 points. First time the Bears have done that since 1965. Mitchell Trubisky was a part of it. And then they came out on Sunday and it was like none of it had happened. And he looked like a guy that was like, oh my God, now we're here and now I've got to do it with the brightest lights on and I'm not quite ready for it. That's what it looked like to me. Trubisky showed that he was not prepared mentally for the game. How many times when he decided to pull the ball down and run, he looked hesitant. Like, oh, should I do it? Should I? You, it's, you're, it's, it's, it's gone. If you have to have a, a decision in your mind about whether you have to do it on impulse by reaction and, 
even his throws, they were almost with a hitch, almost like he right. was he was spooked. He was scared. He didn't want to make a mistake. Anybody playing scared football is beat. Yep, that's let's get I, to the calls. I, Mark in Broadview, your first up Hamp and OB brought to you by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com. What's up, Mark? I uh, love you guys. Uh like I said, um we had a free play. Green Bay, they were offsides, and uh, for Mitch to not throw for the end zone, he throws a six-yard out, dumb football. Amen. Amen. No and doubt. We, we appreciate you listening, and, and you're exactly right. And even think about this. We're down, you know, 41 to uh, 25, and we we have to be able to score at least two touchdowns and go for two conversions. And be successful, and we're throwing the little dink and dunk that Ob loves so much. And you're saying to yourself, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And then he throws double coverage into Komet over the middle, which is, I mean, only I hate to say it, folks. You you have you must have some kind of a mental problem to not be able to process the game in a more efficient manner. I'm just saying. And is that going to change? We know about his erratic uh, accuracy problems. And, you know, in the start of the fourth quarter, I even made a note uh, on my uh, sheet here that, who was it? Moose Johnson was the uh, the color guy. They were chuckling, kind of laughing at, at decisions made by Trubisky. But even more so, how poor the passes were, throwing it down the field. And I understand why, you know, Nagy doesn't want to turn him loose and have him throw it down the field because how many bad decisions will he make? At some point, you know, it's the chicken and the egg. You have to realize what you have, what you're dealing with, and this is what you are going to get unless you make big changes. Danny, the last three years has been, uh, I, I, I just, I, it's, it's been goofy football to me. I mean, we've got an offense that will not, that to me, they play scared to death football. That's just what they do. They won't attack downfield. They won't attack a, a, a defense. Now, either they don't know how to attack or we have the wrong kids playing or all of the above. Defensively, Fangio put a phenomenal defense together with phenomenal defensive calls with his different kind of blitzes, et cetera, et cetera. In well, 2018. And, yeah, and he made every, – everybody was accountable, Okay. Since then, how many people have been held accountable on defense? Okay? How many, like, 97-yard marches, 86 yards, 76 yards, has this defense given up the last couple, two, three years, Dan? Offensively, how is it possible that we, we don't score in the third quarter after you make adjustments when you come in at halftime and basically go through an entire season and you score one touchdown, basically, and kick a field goal? Who's that a reflection on? The players? Who's it a reflection on? The coaches? I would think so. And and again, this just didn't happen last week. This is all this year, all last year, and the year before. Folks, if you're watching the games and you're seeing it and you can understand that we don't offensively, our game is basically a mystery, folks. Think about it. We struggle to score, I mean, excuse me, to get a first down. How many times do you hear us go, three and out, three and out, three and out? That's game planning, folks. That's coaching, folks. Defensively, too many long drives. 
too many guys taking a few games off. I tell you what, this is not a good sign, folks. It's it not. is not a good sign going down to New Orleans. And you think those people are going to lay down while the Bears are coming? I think we can beat them. No, they're going to be waiting for us, and they're going to come after us. Mark my words on that one. You know, one of the things that is a problem with this defense, we only had 17 turnovers all year. How many games did we play? 16? Okay, do the math. Essentially, we're getting the ball away from the opponent once again. We had three interceptions in our hands. We come away with zero. Zero. It's called making a play. Nobody's held accountable, Dan. Nobody. Nobody. 26 turnovers, by the way, for the Saints. That's third most in the NFL. They had 18 interceptions. Not going to be a day to have a bad day for Mitchell Trubisky and company. Uh, let's get Jim and Aurora on 720 WGN. Go ahead, Jim. Yes, sir. Um, Ed, I, I know you're ecstatic the Bears are in the playoffs. Uh, however, much to your chagrin, um, this guarantees that Pace, the coaching staff, and most likely Trubisky are back. They're gonna, Bingo! They're going to sell it. You just ruined progress, my day. Okay? Um, <laughs> so, Ed... Um, Assuming what happens Sunday, do you feel changes must be made? And more importantly, how do you uh, convey that to ownership? Well, ownership, they have to realize it. Thank you, Jim. Are are you kidding me, Jim? We're crying in the wilderness here. Nobody hears it. A high school coach isn't going to come to them and tell them, hey, listen, uh, McCaskies, I think you got to do this. You got to do that. The one thing the McCaskies don't want to do, they do not want to lose Chicago. And I've said this before, people are finding a lot of different things to do in life with this COVID-19. Believe me, it's changed a lot of people's lives, their attitude, the way they go about things, how they're spending their money. And I'm going to tell you what, you bring this crew back. You're going to trust Pace on another draft? You're going to trust Nagy, who gets in the red zone? We don't even try to score a touchdown? You're going to trust him and this coaching staff to put game plans together? No! And and here's the the underbelly of your point, OB. We're not in the NFC East. Well, we got to beat, you know, Jalen Hurt or whoever or... Or, or who was that? Or, or you know the Dallas Cowboys. We've got to 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 control your, our destiny. We got to beat Green Bay, and we got to play the guy that threw forty eight touchdowns, and they only punted forty six times all year. He threw more touchdowns than they punted. So you're going to beat them with this bunch, with this Nagy led, you know, group of underachievers. Danny, I think not. Where the hell are we going with this guy? That's Nagy? what I'm saying. Just look at folks. Just look Good at call, the game, Jim. our offensive game plans week after week. And we're playing teams that have won one game, that have won two games, four games, six games. That's who we've been playing. And, we're, and it took miracles at the end. You know, don't forget, folks, up in Detroit, the opening game, it took a miracle, the last play of the game for us to win. New York Giants came down to the last play. And those are god-awful football teams. Nagy is putting the game plans together. We want another year of this. What makes you or anybody else think that he's going to change his M.O.? He is not. 
So this this big thirty point a game deal for four straight weeks Playing it came against the twenty seventh, the thirtieth, the thirty first, and thirty second defenses. Worst in defenses in the league, in folks. The league. Believe that. That's another fact. We are having a celebration on the show tonight. The Bears are in the playoffs. Three one. Yeah, we are. But hey, you. I mean, you know, what are we doing? I, no, I. Think, Mark, are you saying that's not facts? What we just said. No, I listen. I'm saying everything is. Uh, Miserable, but they are in. They, well, we understand that. I under, I'm not saying you don't understand it, Obi. I get it. The, but the point: this is the ultimate, you know, participation trophy. Uh, and okay, it feels you like know that. we we should apologize for getting in the playoffs, Obi. But we're in now. Go out there and beat somebody That's, and make us apologize. Make I us just, apologize. I told him there's only one way you got to go down there. You got to let it all hang out. If they can do that, they've got a chance to win the game. If they come with their same game plan that they've been doing the last three years, we are not going to win. Three one two nine eight one. Just a fact. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Hampton OB brought to you by Chevy DriveChicago dot com. With you till ten. Adam Hoax coming. No, up at we haven't moved on yet. We're not ready to move no, on. No, we got to go. We got to go. Okay. We'll come our back. Seven twenty WGN. Hampton OB on seven twenty WGN. Did I do something wrong there, Curtis? I don't think I did. Okay. Hey. It is time for our essential questions brought to you by the Marquee Sports Network. You should watch Bear Essentials on Marquee's Sports Network. On the Marquee Sports Network. Who'd you have on this week, Hampo? No show this week. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Still should be watching it, damn it. Check out the Bear Essentials on Marquee Sports Network. Hey, here are our questions today on our Facebook page for the week that you are still invited to weigh in on. Number one question, are you excited the Bears are in the playoffs? Two, do you expect the Bears to win at least one game? Three, are the Bears coaches holding back Mitchell Trubisky? Four, does it mean anything that the Bears play the Saints earlier in the season in terms of planning to win next week? And five was, how would you rate their chances against the Saints this time compared to the matchup earlier this season? I'll, I'll take the one about holding Trubisky back, the triple okay. threat, the stumble, fumble, or throw a pick. Think about this. Early in the broadcast, OB, were you paying attention when on a couple of play actions he ran into the running back? And, yes. And yes. There was another one where uh, the 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 actual handoff was uh, botched because uh, he was like that was out so of sorts. bizarre. And then when you know, like I said, he was double check. And see, real quick, here's here's what leads to that, folks. We've all been in a situation where we didn't know exactly what we're supposed to do, and. I, I, I tell my, my son all the time, I said, you know, if it's anything from like learning how to put, string a guitar or tune or take or change the oil, watch somebody that knows what they're doing and you learn. If you don't know, you're bobbling. Well, essentially, our quarterback is kind of faking it all and he doesn't really know what he needs to know. And that's why in big game situations, it's almost like he freezes and he can't process, and that leads to other issues and problems, which ultimately leads us to defeat. I was so, I was just disappointed. Does that make any sense? Yep, it does. Let's get Jim in here. He's been hanging on for quite some time. What's up, Jim? Welcome to WGN. Hello. Yes, Jim. Hey, good evening, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Got it, Jim. Uh, uh, just a 
quick question. What's the status of Roquan Smith? I haven't heard anything about him since he left the game. So we're, we're going to get an update from the head coach tomorrow. He's going to call me directly, Jim, and let me know. But no, he's gonna. they'll have a press conference tomorrow, and uh, we'll get an update on Roquan. We'll get an update on Darnell Mooney, and they need both of them really, really bad. It's an excellent yes, point. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yep, that's a couple of okay, uh, pluses on the draft pick side for Ryan Pace. Yeah. And the the Mooney situation, you know, you you have so much appreciation for a guy who weighs what 180 pounds, and he's trying to get every he, single. He played like a lion. He yeah. was fantastic. But then it's the other side of it happened, and I it's like. I mean, what would you tell a guy like that who, the longer you play like that, someone is going to come calling for you? Yeah, but guess what? When you're seven and eight, or eight and seven, yeah. and you're looking for somebody to make a play, to play reckless, and with reckless abandon, those are the guys you're going to look at as leaders. I don't care if he's a rookie. You show me somebody on defense that's knocking people out, even uh, Nick Kwiatkowski. Even when he came in as a rookie, he was running over backs trying to block him on blitzes and things like that. Those are the things, those are the ways that you have to play the game. Now, if you're playing against Jacksonville, maybe Mooney doesn't have to do that. But you're playing Green Bay, and you're trying to fight your guts out for a win to secure a playoff playoff berth, then you want somebody like him to play like that. So don't be saying, oh, he's going to have to learn to take it easy and shut it down and run out of bounds like half the other receivers. The other side of it... It ain't time. Yeah, the other side of it is... The, that's the cost, by the way, of of throwing a three. Pro football, people get hurt. Well, he'll be okay. Yeah, and three yard out, though, when you need, need eight, nine, ten. That's been going on, Mark. It puts him since, in harm's way. Since, since Nagy's been here. I understand. It's not a revelation. Certainly not. Uh, what's up, Michael in Clarendon Hills? What's up? Go ahead. All right, Michael, put yourself. We're going to put you back on hold. Turn that radio down, and you'll get another chance at it. Dave in Wisconsin. Now we got to go up to Wisconsin because of you, Michael. What's up, Dave? <laughs> How you doing again, guys? All right, Dave. Uh, three quick, three quick points, my good friends. Uh, the first point is, um, didn't uh, McCaskey and Phillips say at the end of last year in their press conference? We better do better next year. We were eight and eight. We want to see a much more improved club this next year, or else. Yes. Okay. Second point, my friends, we will not beat Rodgers and the Packers with that young a team and how Rodgers is playing for the next five years. Let's face it, with what we, if we keep the present coaching staff and our present quarterback, we don't make some changes. Rodgers, there's no way now. Don't the McCaskies base these, this team on beating the Packers? Now, last thing. If we go eight and nine, if we lose to New Orleans, that's a good year. Are McCaskies actually looking at that, or are they basing it on just we made the playoffs? And the last thing, thanks for the time. Guys, did you look at the schedule next year? I think we automatically have eight losses on the road, and I want you to look at that schedule. We may beat Detroit at Detroit, but I doubt that because they're going to be improved, and the Vikings are going to be improved. Guys, look at that schedule next year. We'll let the fans decide if Pace, if Pace and Nagy and Trubisky are back. We'll let them decide by the booing in the crowd next year when they're 0-8 just on the road, guys. And I don't mean to say this. I'm a beloved Bears fan for 70 years, guys. And I'm just saying that. Look at the schedule for next year. If Nagy thinks he's got it made by coming back and we don't make changes, I'll let, I'll let hang up and listen to your answers. God bless you. Keep up the great show. Thanks, Dave. I, I just tell you one thing. The Bears are lucky. 
I, I, just in, in a football sense, what I'm going to say here, folks, that there's no crowd, there was no crowd at Soldier Field. Could you imagine what 70,000 people would have done at that game? Next Think year. about this. You're, you're, you're in, uh, oh great call, Jim. Think about this. Okay, yeah, and we got a game in five days. Okay, next year is next year. But let's talk about what happened this year. Think about this. Minnesota was driving, and it could have beat us up in Minnesota, but we did find a way to win that game, correct? We but did. they beat us here decided, decidedly. The Detroit Lions, we had a 10-point lead with four minutes left in the game, and Nagy botched that. We lose that. And Detroit had a rookie in the end zone drop a touchdown pass that would have beat us in the opener. Last so you're thinking, you know, Detroit's going to be a pushover next year? They, they basically owned us this year. This year. And think about this, folks. Other than Nick Foles getting uh, an owie on his hip or whatever, how many – I mean, we had some guys in the offensive line go down. But, th- hey – it, it was musical chairs. I mean, it was, you know, it was a bums rush. It was a, just, re, you know, recirculating a bunch of the same guys. It wasn't like we'll, we lost an all-pro for, you know, the season, like a lot of teams do. The one victory we had against a winning team, guess who the quarterback was? It wasn't Trubisky. It was Foles. That's right. Foles was the quarterback that got the only win against a, a winning football team. Well, he might be your quarterback next year. And, and hold on. I'm just saying, think about this. When we were down 21 to 15 in the fourth quarter with our pop gun fool's gold offense of the little Trubisky rollouts, blah, 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 the Green Bay. And I said this, smart defensive coordinator is going to bring instant pressure and, and basically compress everything. And, and it's going to cause all kinds of issues. Think about this. You know, if we would have put Foles in, just think, just think, with his ability to throw it down the field. And before you laugh, think about the problems he had with the, with the offensive line when he was in, you know, that seven-game stretch. But one thing, OB, the team we're playing this weekend, that was Nick Foles that scored 30 points against the Saints, not Trubisky. So, okay, let, let, let me just make this statement. Did I make your night? You know, no, you're, you're dead on, Dan. Let, let me make this statement. Aaron Rodgers, they have a general manager and they have a coaching staff and the people that have been running that organization, they know what they have in Aaron Rodgers. And you know what they do? They probably have five, the best offensive line in football. If not, maybe one of the top three for sure. No more than the top five. All right, why? To keep him upright. They know what they have. You got to have people up front. Now, all of a sudden, this year, for some reason, about halfway through, I mean, our quarterbacks are getting, Foles is getting knocked all over the place, everything. So somebody makes, we bring a center in from Notre Dame and somebody. Now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we supposedly have the best offensive line in football. Now, that's beyond laughable, okay? When you got a quarterback, what's the most important one thing that you can do? Keep him upright. And what do you do? Offensive line. Offensive line. We do not have an offensive line. Period. I really, you know, thought that maybe we should go for it at that fourth and two. But then you look up and you say, okay, um, you know, if, if you don't get it, 
uh, you, you end up getting the three points and you keep it within that less than a touchdown. And now if you get a touchdown, you're up and you're winning right exactly where we were at that fourth and one. And then the fourth and one situation, um, you know, I, I you know, it, it's just fourth and one. We got to get that. And then third and one before that, I'm not going to get into the why part because that's just for me and the coaches and, and, and the players. And I just uh, I want I want to get that. And uh, that one bothers me. Matt Nagy, we are Hamp and OB till 10 o'clock. Uh, Adam Oak's coming up at 8.30. Kaz at 9. My name's Mark Carmen. OB, he looks distraught. Nothing. No, you're all right? Okay. Yeah, I'm good. And listen, I had no problem with the Bears being aggressive on fourth down all day long. I think everybody had a problem with your lining up what in the shotgun right now. Empty backfield. I mean, right. I mean, that's what I meant to say. Empty backfield. Hey, you could, oh, like, for me, you're under center, and you're, it's going to be a sneak, and that's great. It's worked all day long. Why not do it again? But if you're not going to do that, then, okay, let's let's have a handoff. Or if you're not going to do that, okay, let's have some play action. Or if you're not going to do that, let's be in the gun with a, with a back in the backfield. This is a world, world for four here. Am I missing anything? No, no, what no. What telling you, he's not, they don't trust the line. Well, but they trusted him all day until that point. That's not a quarterback sneak, but if you had a, an ace backfield, or an H backfield, and you took a dive. What well, he's telling you not. He figures it's better to throw a, a three, four yard out. Right. They have a better chance. That's what it says to me. But he's not consistent. Like I, I mean, now he's all of a sudden. Well, we we did this. It was working. Now I'm going to show you my brilliant player. Almost. I don't know. Now, what he, how many times have I told you a smart game plan would work off of what you have done that has been successful. Then when they make adjustments to stop that, then you do something else. Go to plan B. Instead, we were, we're, we're basically in a throwing set. And all day long, the Packers are jumping all those little one-yard routes. It was, it was doomed before the play was snapped. And everyone knew it, too. I mean, no one was sitting up like, oh, this is going to be sweet. Kareem in Plainfield, welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Okay, guys. First of all, I'm a first-time caller, but a long-time listener of all four of you guys, Kaz uh, included. Five if you count Big Doug, and every damn one of you is a Chicago treasure, so it's an honor. Thank and you, uh, I'd like to thank you, and I'd like to dedicate this uh, phone call to uh, my best friend, uh, Tom Gerard. He was a huge fan of yours. He passed away the first week of October, yeah. but the last time I saw him in person was Sunday morning of week two, just before the Giants game. And he asked me if I'd rather, if I'd actually rather have the Bears win or have them lose, just so I could enjoy listening to you guys go ballistic. And I told him uh, I'd, I'd rather the Bears win every game, but just to win it in spite of themselves, like in 2018, when as as Danimal used to say, they had the proverbial lucky horseshoe up, you know where, uh, because then they'd win, but you guys would still have enough ammunition to go ballistic, and it'd be the best of both worlds. So, uh, but. Uh, bear with me, no pun intended, if you will. I got a, a one question, uh, then kind of a, a reminisce, uh, reminiscing question, comment, and then uh, I've got an impression of, of, of one of you gentlemen that hopefully will, will win me some Bartolini's. Go for it, Kareem. All right, so question one. You guys harped all along about uh, weeks ago, Pagano, 
coming into this game that they needed to dial up the pressure on Rodgers. It was our only chance. Right. Now, we all know Rodgers is incredible against the Blitz, maybe as good as there's ever been. So my assumption, I'm not an X's and O's guy, so I thought that what well, you guys just felt it's the equivalent of an underdog boxer choosing to die a slow death over the course of like 10 rounds and still getting knocked out or go in there guns ablaze and knowing that your only shot is to fight fire with fire. So I don't know, am I right? Or did you have other ideas on how to generate pressure without blitzing? Uh, so that's my first question. The second uh, thing uh, was that um, going back years ago when Ed and Doug were down the dial and you guys were beside yourselves over just the typical Bears ineptitude, I think it was like the Jerron 4-12 and 12 year, John Shoup was calling plays, God help us all, we've been dealing with this stuff. And Mike North freaked out and he's like, how how is uh, Ed and Doug going off? I mean, they played on a 69 team that was, you know, so terrible. They won one game. So how can you be so hard on these guys? Now, I'm only 46 years old, but I always thought that the answer to that was that you guys were damn good defensive players on a good defensive team. And unfortunately, like so many other Bears teams, you just had no offense, no quarterback. It takes a whole team, both sides of the ball, and a solid organization from the top down. Uh, but I never got to hear you guys respond to that. So I'm, 20 years later, I've always wanted to know your guys' response to that. Um, and so here I'm going to – OB, you're the man. I've been told that my impression of you – People have thought I've actually recorded the radio and played it back for them. We're getting an OB so impression? That, yes, an OB impression, but uh, so I'm on the spot, so I hope I, I, I do well. And if I don't, no Barrelinis for me, but I've been waiting all year for this. So here, here, it, go, here it goes. Dan, Mark, Glenn, let me tell you something. And Maggie and Pace and Lazor, you better be listening too. You have the privilege, the privilege of being at the helm of the Chicago Bears, the charter franchise of the National Football League, with the greatest fans in all of football. This isn't hyperbole, folks. I played for him. Dan played for him. Glenn played for him. And they deserve better than this. So you damn well better get ready because you have another chance and anything can happen. Anything. Pagano, you and your multi-gazillion-dollar defense, Mac, <laughs> Hicks, Quinn, I'm talking to you. You need to get to the quarterback. <laughs> Drew Brees is not a mobile quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Blitz him. Line stunts. Disguise coverages. Because I'll tell you this. If you look that gift horse in the mouth, and that's what it is, guys, it's a gift horse to be in the playoffs. These fans aren't going to forget because they've been living and dying with this team for 20, 30, 40 years and only got one damn Lombardi trophy since the damn thing was invented. That's all I got, guys. I you, love y'all. Yeah, well done, Kareem. Uh, by the way, for a transcript of all of Kareem's call there, you can uh, email mark.carman at, at Nicely email. done, Kareem. $50 gift card. You got it, Kareem. You asked for it. We're, we're going to deliver it to you. That was, a, that was an incredible effort. $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family-owned and operated, serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicago. At OB, how was the meatloaf tonight? 
but you forgot the footing and the foundation. <laughs> Nicely done. Hey, good job, Kareem. I'll put you on hold. Talk to Curtis. That was awesome. Uh, Bartolini's located 144th in Pulaski and Midlothian, open seven days a week for dining, patio seating, and to-go orders. Details at Bartolini's.com. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, OB. The kid did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. He very much did. Tom, taxi driver Bob Wick, we're coming on back with you. Hampton OB till 10, but brought to you by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com on 720 WGN. Eight eighteen. This is Hamp and Ob on seven twenty WGN. We're brought to you by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com. Yes, Ob, you're still. How long up. you think it took Kareem to get that? To get that get little, the invita- is that the real Ob or is that Kareem? I mean, he's he's been. Is that Ob talking? He's been listening to to you for twenty plus years, my friend. Wow. It's, it's, I mean, that's a that's a that's a graduate degree in in Ed Obradovich, if I've ever high compliment. Yeah. Yes, it is. He, he's got he might have his eighty seven jersey on at home. All right, let's let's keep rolling here. Tom and Palatine, welcome to WGN. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, Daniel Edward, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the journey. Let me submit something to you. Just an observation and then a question. My observation is this. Uh, We lost to the Saints at home in overtime earlier this year. Am I correct on that? Yes. 26-23 there, Tom. There you go. There you go. And most would say that, you know, we have absolutely no shot down in the Superdome. You know, okay, they don't call it the big easy for nothing. But just remember, guys, that they have had their history of unexpected, heartbreaking losses. That includes Drew Brees as well. I mean, I remember the days when uh, feeling sorry for old Bum Phillips after watching the Saints lose a first-round playoff game at home. No, Brees has got his shortcomings. I really do think that since we did... Damn near beat him in overtime. I think the uh, football gods are with us. I'm going to say Bears 20, Saints 17. Oh, and uh, it's, f- um, it's going to be a close one, but I think that we're going to win there and exploit whatever perceived weaknesses that the Saints have. And, you know, the, the operative key to the game is study, study, study. Just, you know, make sure you got down whatever they have going on and film and just try to exploit it. And I really have a good feeling about this. That's Thanks, the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. Which is the problem? What, the last thing he just said. Did you have a good got feeling? The, 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 the Bears, they figure they've got they got it down what the Saints are going to do. Uh, well, from your lips to God's ear, that'd be wonderful. We want the Bears to win. We want them to play the game that we've waited, waited, waited all year for. Put it all together. But... The flaw in your hypotheses is to come up with a very ingenious play sheet on offense, to come up with great defensive matchups and and defensive uh, calls that put us in a position where we can be successful. That is upon the coaches. And OB did a, a wonderful job in the first hour talking about in almost every situational position we get in where we have to not only match up personnel wise but we got to be schematically better think about this green bay they were four out of four in the red zone this past game 
Four out of four. That's called execution. We were one of five in the red zone. One of five. One of five. Even though Cairo Santos has been a, a godsend. All that being said, it still comes down to being smart enough to be able to execute in crunch time. We were down 25-16. We go forward on fourth and one with that ridiculous throw to Allen Robinson. And from that point on, it was it was all Packers. Everything, it, it just deflated. Our defense couldn't get a stop. Our offense couldn't respond. We threw an interception. The game was over. So all that being said, matchups are very important. And everybody's got good good players. And yeah, they got some good players. Yeah, well, we do too. But we don't have the same ability to attack and defend because schematically, the first 16 weeks of the season, OB, we have shown that we don't have a lot of great great game plans. Speaking of schematically, gentlemen, why are teams able to take Allen Robinson away? Why is it that he can look so dynamic one week and then we don't see him until the second half? Is that... They get up on him and smother him. So yep. is that are we He's not get they open. get up on and smother him? They don't give him the chance Why wouldn't everybody for him do? to make separation. Yep. So you don't think it's on the coaches, or do you? Well it's a combination of things. If 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 Allen Robinson if, isn't physical enough to, to to create separation, then you've got to be smart enough to put him in motion, do different things with trips, put him where he's able to come off of and run the slant and different things. You gotta get him in a position where he's capable of getting a ball thrown to him. And the Green Bay Packers, as OB said, they were on him like the COVID. He had nowhere to, you know, you couldn't. They were all over him. Yeah, you look at him and you can't throw it at him. There's somebody on him. They did not let him dictate. They come up and dictated to him. And, of course, as usual, again, and and I've been saying this, people have been listening to me long enough, it's about coaching. Folks, I'm telling you, I've been around long enough. I played on a world championship team and I played on some horrible teams. I'm telling you. It's coaching. It's coaching. Let me. Can I just play this here? Give me, give me, give me Matt Nagy on why Robinson was shut out this week, and then we'll get back to the calls here. Let me, here's here's Nagy. I know it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, A. Rob's going to get that. He's you know you have a hundred catches. They're gonna they're gonna try to play shell and and play cover two over the top. Um, so that, that some games you just have that. Other games, depending on how they play schematically with what they want to do and what we have cover working two and not over. Working. All that's a part of it, you know. So, um, you know, for for us, we want to be able to 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 get him going more and, and see where he's at because he's he's a special player. See where I, he never even got the cover too. I don't get it. I mean, he he maybe okay. Let let's say this: he might not have a ton of catches. He's at least going to be targeted. They weren't even t- throwing them the football. It's a combination of, and we talked about this with this half the field read on the boots and the nakeds. Then a lot of times he's not even, you know, in the, in the scheme of things. Right. And it's almost like when you have a quarterback that is so limited, then auto, automatically if he's on the right side and we roll left, he, he, you make him he, limited. He's, he's an ornament. Taxi, taxi driver, Bob. What's up, my friend? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. I, I'm the same age as Hamp, and, and uh, 
I tell you, I was chomping out the bit to get on the radio tonight, but I, I hope I could be an eighth of as good as that other caller that called. He he was awesome. He he knows his stuff, man. Um, like you said, it's co- like like Kobe said, it's coaching. They're not going. It doesn't matter who they get in the draft. There you go. Anything anything else that they do, it doesn't matter until and, and they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. I. I I, it, it's immaterial about to Sunday's game. They're not doing it. They're not going anywhere. Maybe Kansas City. Are they going to try even come close to beating Green Bay again? And, and a lot of times they don't even know the history. I mean, I remember. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm 60. I hated Forrest Greg, man. You know, if I was if I was relating to that that team, you know, I'm a Cub fan. It's like the Cardinals. The, your arch nemesis, man. You got to be on top. You got to be ready to play that game. Because that's your arch nemesis. You have to be. You have to be ready to go and play. But it doesn't matter because all the, all the the the, the 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 coaching that they have, they can't even call the right plays in order to be successful. And if the McCaskies don't get this, I I can't even. I I, I just want to go to McCaskey's office and say. You got to turn on WGN at seven o'clock on, on on Tuesday nights and listen to these guys because they know what they're talking about. And, and if you're delusional, thinking that you're going to keep Nagy and and pace up there and expect like this week, I had a news feed on my phone. JJ Watt JJ Watt wants to be out of out of uh, the Texas. You think he's going to want? And he wants to you know get on a championship team. You think he's and he, and he lives just his family lives in Waukesha, just down the. Thanks, taxi driver Bob. Bob. Happy New Year. That was a good call, Bob. And, and the only thing I can tell you is, and, and I'm in agreement with you. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what happens Sunday. You know, I mean, not, I'll take that back. I want them to win, but it, it, if they win or they lose or whatever, McCaskies have to get rid of this crew. I'm telling you, this guy Pace and Nagy, and you're going to come back another year listening to Nagy. Talk so unbelievably off the wall, and then pace. You can't find them. You you can't come back with another year with this crew. You can't lose the fans of Chicago. We are the Chicago Bears. It's enough with these people. They can't even put a game plan together. Let me tell you a story real quick before we get to break, Mark Carmen. I think I told it last year. We opened with who? The Green Bay Packers. I was on the field. 10-3. Before the game. I was on the Packers' sideline in warm-ups. And it was amazing the kind of feel. Remember, the Bears had went 12-4, and got in the playoffs. We had the bad, bad defense. And woo. I personally thought the Packers would have kind of a, you know, a little hint of, uh, 
respect and fear because, you know, the Bears, oh, you know, the big defense and blah, blah, blah. Mark Murphy walked by and I said, hey, how are you? And we talked for a second. Mark Murphy was the general manager. Right. And he said, and I said, so you like your chances tonight? Almost like, you know, you know, we're going to put a boot in your butt. And he kind of smirked and said, yeah, yeah, I think we we like what we're going to be able to do. And you know what? That was before the Bears had ever played this current Green Bay Packer coaching staff. And you could tell they felt so good before the players even got lined up that they had a superior plan and they were going to get after us. And guess what? That's what happened. So what does that tell you? You see it on film, and you're you're probably looking at each other in the film room, going, "What are they doing? What are you kidding me?" It's and that's eight, what happened. It's eight thirty. We're gonna get chicken news, and uh, then we'll get Adam Hogan on the board here with you till ten. Hampton will be rolling along here on seven twenty WGN. There's a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL. Wow! 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 Adam Hogan rhetorically dancing with his verbiage. It is Adam Hoke time on 720 WGN, Hamp and OB, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com, Hampo's truck, the Chevy Silverado, drive what Hamp drives, a Chevy, all the way to the playoffs, Adam Hoke, drive that Chevy all the way down to New Orleans. Welcome to the show, by the way, good to have you. Hello. Happy New Year, guys. I do drive what Hamp drives. That a boy. Don't, don't... uh, uh, Try to suck up to us here because we got some tough questions. Uh oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, buddy. Hey, listen. So w- we've talked at length about the uh, the problems with the offense, but you know the uh, the elephant in the room is the fact that our defense has been incapable of shutting people down. But more importantly, making the big stop. Once we were stopped on fourth and one, it was 25-16. No, 21-16. to We're down six. We're still in the game. I think it was, what, eight or nine minutes left in the game. Our defense needs to find a way, despite, you know, their ability to, to get the wide receivers on our linebackers in, you know, repeated fashion for big gains, big chunks, touchdowns. Why why are we having such a problem getting our defense not only you know catching the ball uh Valdor had a, an interception that he dropped uh Mingo had one he had a chance but Eddie Jackson he's got to make that catch why 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 are, are we having such a problem having our defense come up with big time plays and we all know they're getting paid big time money yeah, Hamp, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up first because I am 100% with you. And I, I think we've done a good job of questioning the defense on this show throughout the throughout the season, even going back to week one when I thought there were some warning signs against the Detroit Lions. I mean, look, there's no question the offense needs to be better, and Matt Nagy was brought here to, to get that side of the ball going. Um, but you just look at how the money is spread across this roster, okay? It's the defense that is supposed to be the reliable unit, that you uh, put all the money in, the pass rush, and these playmakers in the secondary. And, and I draft think picks, draft is, picks. Absolutely, draft picks too. Um, and I count two of those draft picks as Khalil Mack because you traded away 
two first-rounders for him as well. So I think four out of six Ryan Pace's first-round draft picks go to the defense. And the money's similar, too, in terms of the pie chart. So I'm with you, and I think the story of the season has been the two things you just brought up, Hamp. Not being able to get big stops. And it's not just late in games. It's early in games. The Bears had a third and eight on the first on the Packers' first possession yep. on Sunday. They had a seven nothing lead. It's third and eight. You pay this defense to get off the field, and they couldn't do it. They missed three tackles on one play. Packers get the first down. They go on to score a touchdown there in seven to seven. That was a big swing early on in the game. You brought up a good example late, but this is not just recently. I was looking at my notes because the Bears are playing the Saints this week in a playoff game. They played the Saints earlier this year. I went back to that game, that Bears-Saints game back in week eight, went back to my notes, and I have circled the last drive of the first half. The Bears had just settled for a field goal. They had a chance to go up 17-3, to couldn't do it. They settled for a field goal. Then the defense, I don't know if you guys remember this, allowed the Saints offense to go right down the field and score before halftime, and that made it a 13-10 game. So it could have been 17-3. Instead, it was 13-10. And I have circled a third and 13 on that drive. I think it's maybe, arguably, the biggest play of the season because they allowed Alvin Kamara to pick up 12 yards to make it fourth and one, which allowed the Saints to go for it, and they got it. And the Bears missed multiple tackles on that play as well. They did not cover well. And that was a swing that I thought, lose that game but also if you look at where these two teams especially the defenses have gone since that week the Bears defense has gone straight downhill the Saints defense has gone straight uphill they now rank number two overall in the NFL so this has been a story all season guys Adam Adam what I have been saying another thing what is it about if you one word that describes what the hell the Bears' problem is. It's coaching, which you just pointed out. You can can go offensively, defensively, position to position, and you can go anywhere on this team. Scheming from game to game, quarter to quarter, when they're red zone, what our scheming does, how they try to score or they don't try to score. And what does it come down to, Adam? It comes down to coaching. There's no other excuse. It's right on the coach's head. One of the other things... I agree with you. Just real quick, I I agree with you on that because I think it's both big picture in terms of scheming, um, but also play, you know, the chess match within games. There's too many times where Chuck Pagano gets beat, especially against Aaron Rodgers. Comes down to coaching. Okay. Period. And and, and so, you know, we had a, a, a snippet of Nagy trying to diffuse the reasons why during a blitz where Robert Quinn didn't have any idea which side, where he was, what he was doing, and then Aaron Rodgers basically, while he was grinning, waited for him to finally kind of pick a side, knowing that uh, Valdez Scanlon had, the as the third inside receiver, would basically be in a one-on-one with Danny Trevathan. How many times during the course of that game this past weekend did we see linebackers having to find themselves in coverage on wide receivers? Yeah, and you know what? It it wasn't even like rocket science. A lot of times they just just moved Devontae Adams into the slot. 
and they knew they had a favorable matchup. I, 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 I mean, look, if you can't if you can't get home with four rushers and have a lockdown corner, like a true lockdown corner, Kyle Fuller's a good cornerback, but he is not a lockdown press man corner who can shadow the top wide receiver on the opposing team. The Bears don't have that guy. And you need that really to beat the Packers right now with how dialed in Aaron Rodgers is. But, look, I I give Aaron Rodgers credit for that play. I think Mitch Trubisky could have diagnosed what was going on there. It was a great move by Rodgers to not move. If you listen to what he said and what Matt LaFleur said, yeah, no. that he was actually supposed to move the running back into the backfield for extra protection knowing a blitz was coming. That's where it's like almost insulting to the Bears. He said, I know the blitz is coming. I don't want that guy to come in and give me extra protection because I know if I do that, I'm changing the matchups and there's going to be a safety over the top. By not moving that running back and leaving him out wide, that meant that uh, Deshaun Gibson had to play to that half of the field in one-on-one coverage. So he couldn't play single high safety. And that left Trevathan on an island. And I know that maybe Roquan Smith was supposed to be in that spot before he got injured. Wouldn't have I mattered. don't care. Right. Brian Erlacher in his prime, if he's at the line of scrimmage, is not going to be able to turn around and cover Marquez Valdez-Scantling one-on-one when he's automatically at a disadvantage. You oh. just uh, made OB smile, Hoagie, just so you know. He, and by the he, way, you he know, he really ho- liked it. Uh, uh, Adam, the holidays are over. You can put the eggnog down if you yeah, think Trubisky could have hey, spotted Adam, that. Adam, yeah, wait a second. <laughs> I got to correct you on one thing. You're the best in the business, brother. But when you said that's something that Mitch Trubisky could have recognized, <laughs> that would be no. Okay, and, and down that road, I don't know if you listened early on. I made a point out of the fact that we've been given an opportunity. Normally the Superdome, with the 80,000 insane fans making noise, you don't have a chance to audible down there. We do now. And yet, this Bears offense does not have that capability because of a certain reason. Do you know why? Then it would be, you know, the answer is obvious. The quarterback is incapable yeah. of identifying blitzes, our defenses, our coverages, and be able to to make audibles, to check into a more favorable play. That being said, do you think that this might be a situation where, you know, cross your fingers, maybe, maybe they try to be able to kind of push the envelope and put Trubisky in a position where maybe he does have that capability, or do you think it would just blow up in our face? Well, uh, and the, the, to, to be clear, there, there still are plays uh, where where he where there is either a run or a pass on, and he has he has the ability to switch from one to the other. It's not as much though, and this is me just watching the film and sort of guessing um, what I'm seeing. But I don't think it's as much as Nick Foles had when he was in there. Uh, most of Mitch reads, Mitch's reads are more RPOs, uh, run pass options. You know, right with a what's supposed to be a simple pre-snap read and then reading one defender and making that split-second decision. And to give Mitch a little bit of credit, I actually do think he has improved in that area since uh, before his benching. I think he is making stronger, sounder decisions on those RPOs. That's because we cut the field in half. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. When I say that, it's still in the offense, but a lot of it is they are – I hate to say it like this, but it's really what they're doing. They're dumbing it down 
for him to make the read simpler. And that's okay. Like, if, if that's what you have and that's what you need to do, then do it. But I also agree that in this game, whether it's that or they're just going to have to take more chances in this game in general. Like, I, you, you're yes. not just going to be able to dink, dink and dunk the whole game like you tried to do against the Packers the other day. You're going to have to take more shots downfield. Adam Hogue with us here on 720 WGN Hampton OB, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com till 10. We'll take some calls with Adam coming on back here, 720 WGN. Jeff Vukovic, the Vuk man, is back in the WGN huddle right here. He knows the insurance biz. He prides himself in doing it right. Nationwide is on your side. Way to go, Adam Hogan. I didn't even say anything that was so good. We are in playoff form right here. I was ready. Check out JeffVuk.com. That's right. Nationwide is indeed on your side. Yeah, I don't remember much. Um... I remember I, w- I went in for one play, and it was a QB run, and I landed on my shoulder wrong. So that was unfortunate. That was pretty much the only thing I remember. I'll have to go back into my notes um, and see what else was going on in that game that I think that could help us going into this week. So uh, we have a great opportunity. We know we're, we know we're going down, and we're going to play a really good football team. Um, but I think definitely looking at just looking at that game and, and what we saw from them, just learning from that and seeing what we can uh, do better this time. So that was Mitchell Trubisky. If you remember, he got in one game against the Saints, injured his shoulder, got it looked at out in L.A., came back. Bears looked around and said, we need you, Mitch. And again, I just want to say, the guy has been playing much better. And then I just was very... I was I was extremely disappointed in the game plan, and I also thought he lost some of his swagger, which you guys have... I think of it. Well, Adam, I don't know. You haven't said that quite yet. Did you feel the same way that there was a sort of a. He just didn't seem as confident against Green Bay as he had seen in the prior couple of weeks? Yeah, I think. Uh, I think part of that's just the defense he was playing. You know, he, he was playing. A, things weren't as open. Things weren't as. I mean, other than a lot of the underneath stuff. But um, who does. Here's part of the problem. Like, when the Bears play the Packers, who is feeling confident? On that team, I mean, it's a it's a rivalry that's just been dominated by one side, and and now even Matt Nagy's been pretty good against the NFC North, but he's one in five against the Packers. So that's something that I don't I don't care what part of the organization or team or players you're talking about. I, I mean, if there's like a one thing that needs to change very very quickly, it's it's that and the rivalry. Now, one of the things that unfortunately we have to broach this topic, which is. The Bears are 8-8. Eight and eight. Yippee, we're in the playoffs. Pass out the ribbons for participation in a way. But all that being said, you know and I know. is, And I made this point, I think, uh, two weeks ago to you that Trubisky's improved effectiveness. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, he was looking like a second coming of Patrick Mahomes. But we were scoring some points, and the offense was kind of moving, and so things were kind of clicking, and we were able to win three games in a row. And I said, it, how funny is it that the guy that Nagy benched and is incapable of, of trying to get to a, you know, a higher plane of performance has basically maybe saved the head coach and the general manager's job? What do you think 
those odds are. We've had a number of calls tonight saying, hey, yeah, we're happy we're in the playoffs. But just say, okay, we, if they win, then we, I think, I, I think everybody knows nobody's going to get fired. But if things don't work out, what do you think will happen? Well, I don't think I don't think that Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy are, are going to be fired. Um, I definitely don't think Nagy will be. And I think the if if there was any kind of friction between the head coach and the GM with one year left on Pace's contract, I think that's where you could see a change being made. But if it's up to Nagy, he's still going to want Pace around. Like they're still in lockstep. Um, you know, unless he's got somebody completely behind the scenes that he's rather work with that he's not letting, you know, that we just don't know publicly. I just, I just sincerely doubt that that's the case. So um, I think it, and, I, and I'll bring this up again, and I've said it before. Um, the, the, the thing that I am hesitant about, if you're going to make sweeping changes again, is who's making the hiring. Because, you're going to go through it all again with the same people who's hiring these. I mean, they hired Phil Emery. They hired Mark Tressman. Um, they hired Ryan Pace when Chris Ballard was available and the other fi- finalists. And Chris Ballard just got an extension today from the Indianapolis Colts. Doing a pretty good job there. So that's where I'm, I'm looking higher than that. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking too big picture, but if changes are going to come, then I think it needs to be at the Ted Phillips level because you can't just keep bad franchises getting these constant cycle recycling of coaches and GMs like every three to five years. And if they're just keep making the wrong hirings, then well, who's really at fault here? I think that that's just something that uh, sort of gets overlooked when people say, Oh, fire the GM, fire the coach. Well, wait a minute. When If you do that, you have to hire new people. So who's doing the hiring? Well, Adam, guess what? You just got me really depressed. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. Think of what you just said. You, I know. You got – you don't – I mean, is, is, is Pace the answer? Obviously, he's not. Nagy, no, he's not the answer. But then you got ownership and that front office person, people up in front and the higher-ups. And you're – who – and then – you're going to trust those people to hire somebody to hire somebody? Well, here, uh, and Adam, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this, but I, I, I keep on uh, just hearing rumblings that if there is going to be anything different with the Bears going into next season, they are going to hire – Ted Phillips is going to be either either retire, retire and or move somewhere else in the organization, and the Bears are going to bring in a team president who would be on top of, of – Ryan Pace and, of course, uh, Nagy and on down. Have you heard that at all? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've heard the same rumbling kind of that, that had been, I, I guess, out there and talked about a little bit publicly, but I I haven't, you know, heard anything in, internally that confirms that by any means. But I, I, I let me just, because I know that sounded depressing, what I just said. So let me <laughs> bring a little, little positivity. If there are changes, I do think, that's the scenario I do see happening here uh, in the next month if there are changes. And, I, and I, again, I think that's the right thing. Now, whoever that person is to, that, that comes in, well, you're already at a disadvantage because the Bears you know, are in the playoffs for at least one week, and 
you, you just as I think right before we talked here, Nick Casario, the top guy with the Patriots, just got hired by the Texans. So things are moving. People are getting hired. I I, I think what would happen in that scenario is most likely Pace and Nagy would return for one more year, and whoever that new person is up top would oversee sort of what happens and you know judge it for himself. But no contract extensions would be handed out by any means, and it would certainly be a prove-it year for, for both Pace and Nagy. Okay, pal, before we go, what is your prediction come Sunday? Uh, Saints by a lot. <laughs> Saints <laughs> by a lot. I, I, I just think these I, I know it's great that the Bears played in overtime or got this game to overtime against the Saints, and they had their chances to win. Uh, these are different teams. You, the Bears' offense is better, but their defense is a lot worse, and the, the Saints' defense is a lot better than when these two teams played uh, in November. So, um, congrats to the Bears for making the playoffs, but this is going to be a really tough tough task to, to beat the Saints on Sunday. Hey, and the one thing real quickly here, <laughs> and I'm talking about the Chicago Bear fans that would be coming out on Monday night or on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night or Thursday night coming out to watch the Bears. They are so lucky this year. The way they have played at home, they are so lucky oh, yeah. not to have one fan in this. Because I'll tell you what, that Packer game, they'd have ripped the Bears apart. I'm talking about no. the fans. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I, I, it's something I think about a lot. Um, you're right. Cause oh, it, yeah. And, and, so, and sometimes that makes a difference, you know. You get booed out of your own stadium against the Packers in Week 17. That can influence decisions, absolutely. So the McKeskies have sent a Christmas basket to Lori Lightfoot. Hey, we've got <laughs> we got 30 seconds, so do your best here in 10 seconds, too. Is, is Mitchell Trubisky's future tied into Sunday's game? Uh, I think it's more tied into what's available in the offseason and who's available and what the market's like. Okay. Could I jump in it real quickly? Yeah. If if they want to get rid of Trubisky, what do you think you're going to get for him? Oh, this, I mean, he's a free agent, so you're just going to let him walk. What do you? Yeah. Th- <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody steps up and, and thinks that they can sell Mitchell Trubisky and pays him a couple of dollars. We'll see what happens. I, that we can discuss that next week. Adam, great stuff as always. All right, guys, happy New Year. up and play football. Nine oh eight, Hamp and OB with Kaz till ten on seven twenty WGN. Brought to you by Chevy As we bring in our guy Glenn Kozlowski, Kaz. We need you. This show has uh, gone sideways. Basically, Why? Uh, well, Why? <laughs> Ho just came on and was talking about the Saints' defense is way better than the first time they played him. That he's got New Orleans all day long. Ob is uh, reading the paper right now. He's ready to walk out the door. Hampo is. Uh, I don't know what Hamp's doing over there. We're 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 in trouble, Kazi. We need you. Okay, well, um, let me help you out. The Bears are eight and eight. Whoopee, whoopee, doo doo. And uh, honestly, if it was a regular season or a regular year, not twenty twenty, which was probably the worst year of all of our lives, right? Um, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. Let's just call it what it is. So they're the uh, seventh team, the new team that they added in 
and they backdoored to get in, which is even worse. And quite frankly, what we saw against Green Bay was a team that has a lot of talent, but clearly is poorly coached, and that's just the truth. And anybody who wants to argue, so be it, but it's the truth. So, yeah, poor coaching. Uh, the Packers get into a trips. They try to play this cover two, Tampa two, which is really designed, right, Ed and Dan in a 4-3, four, four, not a 3-4 defense. And, yeah, your linebacker is going to get beat for a big touchdown, and they even blitzed on the backside out of the empty set, right, two and three. So the, 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 the third receiver was going to be open. There was no question about it because everybody else had to jump on the uh, quick hitches on the outside, and the third receiver ran for 78 yards. That's a scheme. That's not players as much as it is a scheme. How do you ask a linebacker to cover a wide receiver? And throughout the night, guys, they'd get on the trips, and they'd just drag the guy across the field and match up against the backers and beat him. Glenn, That's well, all they did. It was really simple. It wasn't hard, and we made no adjustment to it. None. Zero. Glenn, well, your, your opening volley was is what the hell again that I've been saying. It's not the kids, it's the coaching. Yep. I mean, it jumps out at you. I mean, you, there's no way in the world you can get around it. This is an inept coaching staff from the top to the bottom on both sides of the ball. That's why we're 8-8. Eight eight. Yep. That's yep. why we could only beat one team that had a winning record. That's why we were 8-8 eight eight last year. And of the eight victories last year, only two of them had winning records. This is why in the red zone we can't score a touchdown. We don't go into the end zone. This is why we cannot convert on third down. Game after game after game. This year, last year, and basically the year before. Why? Because in 2018, when we went through the season at 12-4, and we had the 32nd easiest schedule in the league. The easiest schedule in the league. And we had a heck of a D coordinator, too, that year. They went 12-4. And I'm going to tell you, again, the words you – it's it's not the players. It's the coaches. That's the problem with this team. It jumps out at you. It stays right in front of you. There's no other words – there's no other excuses. You guys have had three years to get this team ready to win a Super Bowl. You've had a defense that is ready for you to win a Super Bowl. Everything has faded away. We are going nowhere with this coaching staff. You bring them back next year with Pace leading the track, leading this team, doing the drafting, bringing in free agents, you're going to see the same damn thing, if not worse. Guaranteed. Oh, yes. It's going to get worse. It's yes, it is, worse. Glenn. Kaz, you want to take some calls with us, my friend? Oh, of course. Well, let's get into the offense. You know, uh, Allen Robinson was non-existent. You know why? When you line your best receiver up on one side or the other and never move him, it's easy to take him away. They smothered him. It's not that hard. It's it's easy. When they know where he's at, you roll up on him and you take him away. It's, It's so simple and so easy to understand, and yet... You know, you look at the top receivers in the league. They're always moving. They don't just put them in one spot because you can't catch a lot of balls if you're lining up in the same spot on every down because the defense will take you away. Right. All right. Because we have a a special offensive genius that's got a question here. Uh, I believe Hamp is talking about Mark and Lamont. Wick. A.K.A. Wick, who's been waiting patiently. What's up, Wick? 
Guys, OB, Ham, Kaz, thank you guys for your service. Thank you guys for this show, and thank you guys even more for being Chicago Bear football fans and for us as football fans. Really quick, um, Todd's really he he uh, he he hit the hammer on the nail. Where football is number one, quote unquote, a turn of events. Whether it's a fourth and one, fourth and two, miss extra point, miss punt, but the Bears always are on the downside of those events. So, Hamp, Taz, OB, fourth and one, Bears are down maybe eight, nine, ten points. They roll out to Allen Robinson. He's been targeted one time the whole day. They, uh, is there a better play in the playbook? Yeah, of course there is. It, it, but the problem was, if you remember, they were running quarterback sneaks. They were, they were going right up the middle and attacking the middle on all of their fourth downs. And then... Nagy's they trick decide. play. And, 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 oh, by the way, they were only down by five points at the time. And it was the beginning of the fourth quarter. And if you take the points, you're down two points, and you are still in control, and you have momentum. That was the dumbest play ever called. And, oh, by the way, Graham didn't set the pick like he was supposed to. I don't yep. know what he was thinking. His head was out of the game, and it, clearly because, you know, he, he's afraid of the Packers, I guess. So he was supposed to pick, but he didn't. So there was no option for a quarterback that doesn't know how to read the uh, defense anyway. So, yeah, it was a horrible play. And <laughs> you'd been running the yep. ball pretty first down. Frankie Winter, Frankie Winter said we should have took a point to pass it. What's that, Mark? Frankie Winter said we should have took the points. Yeah, you, you, you listen. You're down two. You still have momentum. You're kicking. You know, from that point on, guys, it got ugly. And then Mitch became Mitch again. He's throwing the ball to anybody but his uh, the receiver, and it it just it got ugly. And I didn't understand it because there was they were actually still playing pretty good, and they were only down five at that point. And it was early in the fourth quarter. It, it just didn't make right. sense. Wick, good at points. Least the play they ran didn't make sense. Hey, Wick, happy uh, merry uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year, you guys. Thank you for the show. You guys are the best. Thank you, Wick. Appreciate you. 312-981-7200. Ron Edgewater, what's up, my friend? Okay, yeah, I just want to thank you guys uh, for, you know, giving the real truth. I'm going to call you the truth squad because you tell it <laughs> like it really is. And uh, But my, my thing is, like, all these uh, excited, you know, fans and sickle fans that, you know, are excited about the Bears being in the playoff, it's like watching the Titanic and getting your popcorn and everything and hoping for a different ending, okay? <laughs> there's go- there's going to be an iceberg somewhere in near the end, okay? But, I mean, the thing of it is that uh, one other question I just want to kind of ask, with, with the speed of uh, Mooney and uh, and maybe Cordell uh, Patterson and things like that, and and maybe is there a player or two that you've seen that they might could line them all up on the same side of the, of the ball or something and run something and just go something long? And, you know, maybe one of them can get it. I mean, you know, one play or a couple of plays where they're all lined up and they got to deal with three people that got some speed and can catch the ball, you know? Yeah, that, that'd be crazy. I think the Packers did that all night against us once they figured out how, what the defense was doing. Yeah, it, you know, and you do it by motion. And I will say, guys, that the Bears are now motioning a lot more, but – they're not motioning the most important guy in their offense, and that's Allen Robinson. So if you don't move him, he's easy to take away. I like that Cardell Patterson just got brought up because we haven't talked about this all night. The first 
play of the game, the opening kickoff, and you're he got lucky. He got so lucky. How is that even possible? You already this is this is the biggest game of the year, and the bounce to the ball for I, the Bears. I mean, they got so incredibly lucky. I'm like, you're ready to rock and roll here, huh? This First is the ten on the forty yard line. Good God, and that, that rule is is wrong. Well, no, that that is a rule, and so it. But that ball well, was it, that ball's going to roll in the end zone. He's he's he, he shouldn't I didn't be able to understand what he was doing. But <laughs> you know, let's be honest. Um, they couldn't overturn it because they had you know called it that he was out of bounds, and it was close. Was... But a, a, a veteran uh, return guy will try to do that, but uh, you know, too close for my liking. But hey, he got away with it. Okay, Kaz, uh, real quick, in this matchup with the Saints, we know that that Michael Taylor is is going to – is it Michael Taylor? Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. He's gone. He's not no, gone. no, no, no. Oh, he's back. Oh, no. he, oh, he is back. You're right. He was on IR, but he, they were planning to bring him back for the playoffs. And the bad, the bad luck of the NFL schedule, if we would have played on Saturday, Alvin Kamara would not have been eligible to return – but he is going to be back on Sunday from the COVID protocol. Right, right. All that being said, do you think our defense is capable of matching up with Cook, one of the best dozen tight ends, Kamara, one of the best four or five backs in the game, and now Michael Thomas, easily one of the top five receivers? Cause that's too good of a question to get for you to answer it immediately. So hang on, Cause will answer what he thinks the defense can do coming on back here in two minutes on seven twenty WGN. Hey, thank you again to our friends at Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family owned and operated, offering the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland. The meatballs featured on the Travel Channel and the meatloaf featured in Ed Obradovich's stomach tonight. <laughs> You know what? You say that I again, Ob. I said, "How about that meatloaf?" Yeah. Wow. I, I walked up and I looked at, it, and this is the first time they've ever brought meatloaf. Cause I'm like, "Is that meatloaf?" And and, and from the from the uh, auxiliary room, Ob screamed, "And it's dynamite!" <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it's amazing how great they are. It's, it's wonderful food. 144th in Pulaski in Midlothian, seven zero eight three nine six. Two three three three. Kazi, a couple more calls uh, coming in here. Let's keep it rolling. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Dave in South Florida. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, I, I happy New Year, Dave. Uh, hey, Ob, uh, I've been with you since two thousand eighteen. I remember the post game on the Eagles playoff when you said we had to go downfield, and it's been the same BS. Excuse my language. The same crap ever since with the offense. Now, I know you guys talked about the defense, but I just want to bring up a fact and a stat. And you tell me this, if this is worth $16 million a year from Khalil Mack. He's got 50 total tackles, nine sacks, and one interception. Does that sound like somebody who deserves $1 million a game per season for 16 games, $16 million? I, I was watching that game intently watching him uh, very rarely get double teamed and these guys these tackles were handling Mac like he was uh, a second or third stringer he actually earns I think Dan correct me if I'm wrong a season for 16 games he earns 23.5 million I'm sorry. I guess you're you're correct. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. and it, you know, whatever it is it's a lot and, and, and it only is, gets worse it only yeah. gets worse because 
the Green Bay Packers' best offensive lineman, Bakhtari, was out. Got had a freak accident yeah. in a practice uh, mess up, and he was couldn't beat out. the backup. And we couldn't we couldn't create pressure on either side, or even Akeem Hicks. There was almost virtually zero pressure up the middle in the pocket. Obi talked in the uh, pregame last week about the importance of having a dynamic collapse of the pocket into Rogers' lap. That's that's the only way you can frustrate him. Okay. And yet we had virtually zero pressure throughout the night. And the only way we got pressure was to blitz. And when we blitz, he would torch us. So you're you're in trouble if you don't get pressure with those four guys. Well, three guys or four guys. Really, it's four guys. Who are we kidding? Even though they call themselves a three, you know, yeah, three right, four. You're teams. correct. They're rushing four. They're even bringing five sometimes, and and we couldn't get to them. What do you see with Matt Cos? Do you think he's healthy? Um, I don't know if he's healthy or not, but he's not anything like the player he was two years ago when he had a lot to prove and he signed a big contract. Well, Glenn um, also. What if you go back and see when he came here, who the hell was playing inside, and what phenomenal years and games that that man had? And I'm talking about Akeem Hicks. Yeah, now he's just he's go not back and take enough. a look at Akeem yeah. Hicks. He crushes that middle. Mac becomes a hero. He they don't do that. You can't find him. What do you see, Ham? I see a combination of a number of things: the interior pressure, Akeem Hicks. I don't know what it is. He uh, has, you know, pass rush is is an acquired skill. You and you can't bull rush all day. And it, to me, it looks like all they do is bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, and they're not in shape. So after two or three plays of bull rushing, then they virtually, you know, are yes. a non-factor. And yeah, they're tired. And not only that, but there's a there's a difference. And, you know, you, we brought this up earlier about Darnell Mooney, who was having a, an amazing game, and he was, you know, doing a lot of really, really good things. And then he got whacked pretty good on the sidelines, and now he's out with an ankle. But all that being said, you know, Mark Carmen goes, oh, he, he needs to understand he can't play that reckless. And I said, no, you. everybody needs to play that reckless. And... To me, it looks like our pass rush is all just a bunch of bull rush nonsense. Nobody is getting on edges and creating separation and beating people. No one is beating their blocks. And it turns into a mush rush, and only dummy quarterbacks hold it long enough for you to finally get there. Right. And, and there, you know, there's no twist that. Think about if you're struggling, start twisting guys, uh, inside, outside twist. Just change it up. And that's what Ed was talking about, right, Dan and Ed? I mean, that's what you're talking about. Hey, you come at them at waves with Aaron Rodgers, but you just can't do the same thing over and over and then bring a, a, a corner blitz or a, you know, a blitzer from the outside and not expect Aaron Rodgers to torch you because well, he will. Glenn, what I said a while back earlier in this show, you think – general manager and head coach, uh, they know what the hell they have in, in Aaron Rodgers. So what do you do? You get five guys up front that keep this guy upright. That's what they do. Guess what we do? We got five guys that can't get our guy off the ground. <laughs> yeah. But real quick before we go to the break, and you know what? We set the NFL record 
for sex. And a lot of that was because we were beating people in one-on-one situations. But more importantly, when you start creating those wins and beating people in one-on-ones, that's when the tricks, the games, they become an avalanche of pressure because you get the offensive linemen to turn sideways because you're beating them. They have no chance to come back and recover and get the guy coming around. So you got to beat people. And then the tricks become like, you know, uh, an avalanche. But all I can tell you is this nonsense of this idiotic bull rush, bull rush, it, it ain't working. And you know what? You can pay them $25 million a game. If, if they don't play more reckless and get on the edge and become more violent, we're going to get the same thing this Sunday. Hey, Hamp, I got a question for you. When you're doing your line tricks, we call them Lexes and Rexes. It, was it possible, Dan, like say it was uh, on your side, a Rex, where you would go first and shoot to the guard outside of his shoulder? Did you ever possibly grab him, take him with you? So when Dent came around, he had a free run to the quarterback. Absolutely. You did, I mean, oh, you did. Oh, Isn't that's that illegal. Oh, that's shocking, crazy. Isn't that illegal? <laughs> Just like holding is too, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not, and you, and, but you I just had to throw that in there. there. If you can't beat that guard, uh, then, you, you know, the guard's going to say, yeah, this guy. They stone you, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's a mush rush. And then, you know, the ball's gone. 930, loving it. Let's uh, have a fun half, final half hour here as we get you ready for the Bears and the Saints. Yes, OB. Yes, we, there, you know, we got some calls for them, for Cos coming on back here, oh, and okay. you, yeah, and Ham. And Curtis and Jake and Carm, all right here for you. Hang in there, callers. Right here on 720 WGN. I feel good. I feel good. I feel like I'm in a good mental space. Um, obviously, I like to do some things different tonight to give us a better chance to win. Um, but I feel like I've gotten better over these last couple of weeks. And for the most part of that game, we were in a position, uh, we were in a good position to compete towards the end. And then we just let it get out of the hand. Uh, really, after that, fourth and one was really the turning point for us. Uh, when when the game was twenty one sixteen and we were going down the score, so we were there to compete, but we got to be able to finish games, and a big part of that is is my play. But I'm confident in what we can do go, going forward. That's the same thing. Yes, we've been hearing from that guy since he's been. He's here. the eternal optimist, Obi. He's you, Mitchell Trubisky. You know what I liked about that particular cut right there. And I love nitpicking cuts, and it's totally unfair, and I will acknowledge that all day long. This is what you do for a living. This is a, that's why they pay me the big bucks, Ham. He said, we've got to finish games. Finishing games would mean that you were ahead late and you blew it. You didn't. That was not the case here. I mean, well, that's, that's way too optimistic to what actually Mark, happened. Yes? Mark, stop. Ed's got my back. <laughs> I got Dan's back. Dan's got your back. And that's how you finish games. Okay. And now, wait a minute. And you're my guys. <laughs> you're my guys. And I'm in a better headspace now, also, I might add. I, I don't mind the the headspace thing i guess i don't know like i i, I, I okay. what do you, what do you what do you like about it i i like i well i like here here cuz i i like this to me when he came back and he got a second opportunity this year he was in a quote unquote different headspace he had a you know, there was a verve to a Mitchell Trubisky and somehow when it all came on the line against green bay he lost all of it and reverted back to like 2019 or any other yeah, point but- 
Well, what he really is, because Green Bay, and a lot of it had to do with the defense. Green Bay was smothering his go-to guy, Robinson, and if they took away that quick out pass or out route, he had to actually make a read, and he couldn't do it. That was the problem. Yeah, Curtis, will you pull up Matt Nagy uh, starts at the top? This is my last cut for you tonight, Hamp. You're gonna and OB, you, oh. and you guys are gonna like this one. This was this was one of my my favorites of, of going through the old audio this week. Uh, you know the bear. You know where? How are the Bears successful? And how are they gonna beat New Orleans? And how they got? How do they get in the playoffs? It starts at the top with myself and Ryan, and ownership. Um, it starts with all of our coaches. You go through that stretch that we went through. Uh, it's not easy, but we stuck together through all of it. And, uh, and then the players felt that, and then they went and did it, and our coaches felt it, and they went and did it. And so now here we are, new season, there's a great energy, and we're excited to get to, to, get to uh, play the Saints. So it started at the top, Kaz, <laughs> and he is so confident. That Did the, you hear what he just the, said? The, the players felt it. Is this... Is, is the word delusional? I, maybe, but maybe he's right. Maybe just this. The, you know, they've got, what did they do? Uh, well, they got they 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 rallied. Ob, they won three in a row. They got and they got they got some fortunate. They beat, up, they beat one team that was basically laying down because they wanted the first pick in the draft. That team only that won one game. Win streak for crying out loud, Minnesota. So, I, 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 Hampo, it started at the top. Did well, you not enjoy that? You know. I, Again, and I, I spent a, a, a good deal of time early in the program tonight talking about the fact that, you know, we've been given a, a great blessing in the fact that there's not going to be 80,000 people in the Superdome. And if we were a bona fide, competent NFL offense that had a quarterback that was able to audible and change plays and, and create opportunities because there's no noise, you know, that, that but instead... We're going to go, you know, with the same, you know, dink and dunk on the, on the, on the bootlegs, half field reads. But the one thing that was really quite astonishing was, you know, in, in that little, uh, four games spate where they were very effective, the running game really was, uh, kind of like the vibe that carried yeah. the offense. And a lot of that was with the offensive line. Well, last week, the Green Bay Packers controlled the line of scrimmage. Now, the defensive line for the New Orleans Saints, in my mind, it's superior. And it's much better. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a hard time. And again, especially with the quarterback that has a hard time. Think about this. Early in the game, he was throwing high. He was running into the running back on some of the the. He fakes. almost made the tackle on the play. Exactly. I, mean, I was shocked that Montgomery stayed up because he crushed him on that play. And even when he threw the ball, he was it was like he was he had a hitch, like he was yep. unprepared. He didn't know what he was seeing and what he needed to do. Now that being said, this is against the Green Bay defense that you see twice a year. He's seen a you know what the Saints again. If I'm the defensive coordinator of the Saints and I, you know, want to get after our offense, you know, they're going to bring people early from when they get, you know, come out of the locker room. They're going to be bringing five and six people pressure. The only hope we have in my mind is, again, if Darnell Mooney is healthy and we are able to 
come out of the uh, the dark and create some opportunities by getting Allen Robinson on some motion routes. What do you think is the best plan to attack a defense that is going to be out for blood? That's it. But you also have to have – listen, I hear people say, oh, yeah, the RPO, uh, Mitch does that. Well, really, if you think about it, you're making a decision, you're reading one player, and that's it. If the player crashes down or that linebacker flashes up, you throw the ball, you pull it and throw it. So it's an easy read for a, a quarterback. So he really doesn't make any reads there, even though they say, well, it's a run-pass option. It, it literally is that easy. It's one player you're reading. So, Dan, uh, I don't know. I mean, you got to move Robinson around. you got to use your tight end, which they are using a lot better. Um, and will Jimmy Graham show up? I, I don't know. I mean, the guy was non-existent against the Green Bay Packers in two games this year. Um, so... I, look, it's it's going to unfortunately, you know, it would be nice to get in some trips and actually stretch the field and try to throw it down the field. Um, but I don't know that the Bears would be willing to do that. Let's uh, get a couple calls in here. 312-981-7200. Mac in Marietta, Georgia. Thank you for being patient, Mac. Go ahead. Hey, love you guys. Displaced Hyde Parker. I just wanted to show some love for David Montgomery. My yeah. God, the kid is playing his heart out. He doesn't get a clean hold. And without anybody stretching the field for him, he's still busting his behind. Think how good he really could be. I'm hanging up. Love you guys. Thank you, Mac. You, you read that he's one right, right sir. He's, you yeah, read that right. one correctly. You know... Think about ahead, this. Dan. You know, there's a number of really good backs in the league, and we saw Aaron Jones, you know, Sunday, and he's going to the Pro Bowl. But in my mind, if you put David Montgomery in the same kind of an offense and systematic uh, running attack that has imagination, has ability to create holes and opportunities, there's no telling how good, how many, you know, how much production you could get out of him. But there's no question, the last month he has been as good as any running back in the league. And coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. I mean, this kid has really honed his skills in route running, too. Because I think when he first got here, you know, Ed and Dan, I I don't know that he was a great route runner and catching the ball also while he ran his route. He's the best weapon they had in that second half, and they didn't use him enough. Not until late in the game. I mean, they were giving up the middle. And they could have exposed that with him just running those little inside routes where he released and got up the field. There was a, a, a note in the, in the Bears thing here, Hamp, real quick. Uh, Montgomery's now rushed for a touchdown in five consecutive weeks. First Bears running back touchdowns can be overrated because if you weren't running 99 yards and hand up to somebody else, we all get that. But five touchdowns in a row, or touchdown in a row for five consecutive weeks. Last Bear to do that. As a running back? Neil Anderson. Neil Anderson, 1990. I think that's significant. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and here, here's part of the problem. When you have a really good running back, a lot of times, you know, he is really dangerous in a screen game, you know, where you, you know, especially, you know, with our poorest offensive line. But unfortunately, we throw so many one-yard hitches that, that we never have a chance to set up a screen because <laughs> – yeah. The defense is all up in the line of scrimmage, you know, already waiting for it. Yeah, they're 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 squeezing it, and it's um, yeah, you've got to go vertical. 
um, even if you don't complete it, you've got to take shots down the field. And, and really, Mooney made one of the best catches on a long ball, and it was just a great catch, and we come away with three points. That was a and, killer. And, and, and keep in mind, I mean, you've been, you, you were actually running the ball pretty well, and like you said, the toughest run, the hardest hit that Montgomery took all night was from our quarterback when he just ran into him, and it was such a bizarre-looking play, and it probably helped him because it stunned him a little bit, and then he found a gap and exploded through it. But, yeah, that was the hardest hit he took all night. Okay, Cosby, we're going to go to break, but I'm going to tee you up. Dave Wanstead said something earlier this week when he was coaching. He was head coach of the Dolphins, uh, the oh, yeah. the Chicago Bears. And it, they did a study one time on what was the two most important components of an offense that is able to score in the red zone. Think about that. We'll be back in a second. 720 WGN. Jeff Vukovic is back, the straight shooter who knows insurance. He's on your side, and he'd love to help you. Cause you can sing it with me. Nationwide is on your side. Cause takes I can't take that away from you, Mark. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. Check out JeffVuk.com. Nationwide is indeed on your side. 949, we got 10 minutes to go here. Kaz, uh, you want to follow up on what Hamp was saying? Okay, let me set it up again. And they did a study, and they, they looked at... All the teams and the ones who were the most efficient and effective in the red zone had two components. What do you think? Well, number one, you have to have a quarterback that can find the open receiver, first and foremost, right? Well, you got to be able to run the ball. But I think it is motion, picks, and slants. I mean, that's pretty much how you score. And if you look at what the Packers did against us, right, they were bringing people, dragging people across the field, and they were – motioning and uh, running slants, and it was easy throws. Well, he said it was, number one, a mobile quarterback that is able to vacate the, the pocket and buy a little time, and number two is a running game. Now, the last time I checked, that's supposed to be something Trubisky's supposed to be able to do, and we're supposed to be pretty good in a running game, right? We got the offensive line kind of gassed up, and we talked about how effective Montgomery's been. And yet, the Packers were 4 of 4 in the red zone. We were 1 of 5. Well, yeah, because again, if you, you know, what, think about some of the, the, the plays that Aaron Rodgers made in, in the red zone. And uh, they'd give you an empty, uh, empty look, and then they would drag that third receiver across. And, you know, I don't know why we were playing uh, too deep safety in the red zone, but it's like stealing with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Glenn. Let me tell you something. And Danny and our listeners, Aaron Rodgers knows our defense better than we know our defense. Amen. Yeah. Hey, women. Yeah. Hey, uh, one more call tonight. Matt Galesburg, go ahead, my friend. Hey, you guys. Uh, Mark, you're, you're awesome. Uh, Hamp, obviously. OB, Cause, you guys are great. Um, everyone, all the callers are just like kind of beating up the Bears tonight. But I think we just got to, you know, it's a new year, and we got to realize what we got good going. I mean, we got Santos. That guy. <laughs> he is amazing. amazing. All right? You guys, I'm just going to say that and hang up. I love you all. Uh, Happy New Year. You God bless. You could have thrown in O'Donnell, too, Matt. He's been punting like a madman all season long. Well, he had to because our offense was going three and out all the time. So, yeah, he had to punt. No, that the kicker has been unbelievable. It, it really has been amazing. 25 straight, I think. 
Yeah, or is it twenty six now? Whatever the number yeah, is, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's been remarkable. <laughs> the kid has been doing it in in at Soldier Field, which is a tough place to kick, regardless if there's fans there or not. You know, the win and everything else. So, yeah, he's probably the MVP because we cannot score in the red zone. It's, unfortunately, it, it, okay. As we look at this game, and guys, we'll get your prediction in a moment. Ob. And I was a little stunned by the fact that even though the Bears being 8-8, eight and eight, and despite Matt's optimism, it being a new year, it looks like we're going to go with the status quo with Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and come back. Do you think Chuck Pagano, with the defense that he took over two years ago that was virtually – I, you know, regarded as one of the top, if not top three, in football. Do you think, as Matt, Matt Nagy jettisoned four offensive coaches, do you think this year that even if he is retained, that he will say we're going to go in another direction with the defense? Uh, well, number one, he shouldn't be retained. So, um <laughs> Probably not, because I, I think, again, they're going to hang their hat on the fact that they battled, and look how we just hung in there, and, you know, it started with the top, and I believed, and then the coaches believed, and the players believed. I I don't think so. But, you know, if, if they're all going to be, if they're going to be back, they're going to bring them all back, because I, I just don't see them making a change, and that's, that's goofy as I'll get out anyway. Because these guys shouldn't be back. All right, There's let no me, reason to keep them. Right. It's, it's time to make the change. Let me jump in here. Okay, I have said that they're going to be gone. Okay, I would say what? The last month, Mark? I would say last three, four weeks. For There's no time. way you can keep Pace or Nagy in his coach. You can't. And I'm going to stick to it. And again, there's several reasons. Number one, the Chicago fans. You bring this. You bring these people back, and you can see the same thing you've seen the last three years, four years. And if you really want to stretch and talk about it, how about the last thirty-five years? We haven't won a thing, and you're going to bring these guys back again. We played sixteen games, and sixteen games. It's a miracle to beat a horrible team. It comes down to the last play, the last second, just to win those games. We can't convert on third down. We don't go into the end zone in the red zone. Right now, our defense is really falling apart, and it started the back half of last season. You're going to bring these guys back again for another year? You're going to trust Pace to, with another draft? And another way to bring in free agency here? I don't think so. I think the McCaskies are going to get rid of these people. How they do it, I don't know. If they do it by committee, bring uh, bringing in some bare people that they know and they trust, or whatever, something like that. But I'll tell you what, I do not believe that Pace is going to be back, Nagy, and this entire coaching staff, please, Get out of town. That's my point, Kaz. I, I agree. I, I, look, I, <laughs> but I, you know, I don't, even, I don't even know what to say because the question really was, uh, you know, do you think you'll get rid of the D coordinator? And, and the answer is no. If they all get that pass, which I agree with that, there's no way 
Um, it, it, it just it doesn't make sense, but hey, I, a lot of things they do don't make sense. I could so. see Chuck Pagano not making it the next year. That would not surprise me. And that's and that's another thing. Nagy, he fires four coaches, okay? Four coaches, and one of them happened to be the special teams coach. Now, what the hell he had to do with what went on 16 games offensively, I have no idea. And out of the four coaches, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Glenn or Dan, three of those coaches weren't even in the National Football League. They weren't even coaching. Fires four, brings in four, three of them weren't in the National Football League. They were not coaching in the National Football League the year before. The year before. As we were right. As we wrap it on up here, and thank you again to Bartolini's Restaurant and Cantering, family-owned and operated. They're located at 144th in Pulaski and Midlothian. They're open seven days a week for dining, patio seating, and to-go orders. Call them at 708-396-2333. Real quick, Bartolini's has been beyond belief wonderful want to say thank you to Wally and his beautiful wife. Every once in a while she rides with him, brings it to us. I've never seen OB eat like he has eaten <laughs> this year, Cause It's he unbelievable. He the food like he, you know, like he did uh, 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 offensive running backs in his day. That, if our defense eats after. up the, the, the Saints like he <laughs> ate that chicken tonight. I'll tell you what. That, and I, at Barlini's is unbelievable. I'll tell you, I'm not, they, they're not, you know, we're not getting money for that. Their food is, is absolutely fantastic. And I'd also like to give a shout out to Jeff Fook. And I tell you, he's been with us. He's a wonderful guy. I remember his parents. Fook! And the Vook is great. His insurance agency, just wonderful people. And Peter Pacucci from Herbal Active, thank you for jumping on board here at WGN. Thank you guys so very, very much for being with us. Uh, and just uh, God love you all. And to all our listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening to us, uh, Dan and I. We've put you through a lot, listeners. And Glenn and Mark, we've, trust me, we've given everything we have every week to try to bring you what the heck went on the prior well, actually, two and a half days after, after the fact. <laughs> two days after. Yeah. Whatever and, it is. And right. it's a post-game show. But to all the people, the listeners, uh, just what a heartfelt thank you. Well, and, and have a healthy coaching. Have a healthy and, and a prosperous 21. Well, it's been a, it's been a bear show this year for us, and, it, and it's been a great bear show, and it's been phenomenal to be with you. And we're going to be with you next Tuesday night, uh, hopefully – We'll be with you longer than that, although the tenor of this show tonight certainly feels like they've already lost the game. Uh, but, well, but, hey, look, they get to play it, Mark, so it, it, you never know. But it would take a, a major miracle for them to pull it off. They couldn't so. make one mistake. Yeah, That's it has to be an air-free game, and, and, and really, New Orleans has to make the mistakes for the Bears to have a shot. All I know is the last couple of years – the Vikings have taken beat them last year. Beat them last year in New Orleans. Nobody gave them a chance. It's possible. I hope the Bears prove everybody wrong. But, but as you said, Ob and Cause, it's going to take a perfect game. Yep, a miracle, and we're we're due for a miracle in twenty twenty one. 
This is the game that Mitchell Trubisky doesn't throw the one awful pass that makes all of Chicago freak out. Hey, thanks to Curtis Coke producing, Jake Hassan as well, Hampton OB. You guys get home safe. Cause you the same. We'll see you next week, Tuesday. Hopefully we'll be talking no about Bears! a Bears victory.